A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention today. Let me remind you of our attendance uh, sheets that are on the end of each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and uh, fill it out completely and pass it down the row so we can have a record of your attendance with us. Uh, we certainly appreciate you doing that. Um, Upward has officially begun now. Uh, yesterday we began our evaluations and got a good start going there. And today, this morning, we had a uh, prayer breakfast this morning at 9 o'clock. We have recruited more than 100 people to pray for Upward over the next 100 days. Every day there is something special to pray for, uh, for our Upward ministry. And if you would like to be a part of that and, and you have not been recruited yet, uh, we can certainly plug you into it. And there's the people to see right there, Jerry and Adele Martin. <laughs> And, uh, and they, they will give you a prayer calendar. And this will take each day of prayer, something different to pray for related to Upward, right up until our awards night, which is 100 days from tonight. So uh, we will invite you and encourage you to be a part of that. Um, we're also looking for volunteers for different areas of, of our Upward ministry. And it's a very important thing. And it's a very uh, it's a big job, and it's, uh, it's something uh, that it takes a lot of volunteers to, to be a part of. So if you would like to plug in somewhere in our Upward program, then please see Christine or John. And, uh, and we'll get, get you all signed up with, with uh, what you want to do. We're also looking, in regards to Upwards, we're looking for scholarship money. Uh, it cost us uh, $50 for every student to play basketball and $55 for every student who is a cheerleader uh, for their equipment and things like that. And there are some folks who are not able to afford that, uh, that fee, and so we offer scholarships. And so in, in order to offset that, we are recruiting folks to contribute some money towards uh, scholarships. If you could uh, supply one or more or part of one, that would be wonderful. And if you would just mark that on your check that it's for upward scholarships, we would appreciate it. One other announcement, uh, something coming up next week, not, not tomorrow, but the following Monday, our women's mission group will be meeting on that Monday night, and it is an out-to-eat night. Uh, they're going to be going out to Biagi's, and that is a wonderful, wonderful restaurant in Evansville. And uh, you can meet here at the church at 6 o'clock, or if you can't be here at 6 o'clock, you can meet over there at 6.30. There are... Uh, they have uh, reservations over there at 6.30, and I know you'll want to be a part of that. That's a, a great time of fellowship, and uh, they provide a wonderful ministry for us. We're glad you're here today, and we're here to worship the Lord. We're here, here to express the love of Christ in our hearts, because Christ has taken up uh, presence in our hearts, in our lives, and we celebrate that fact. So let's worship the Lord together. Even as we invite your presence among us, O oh God, we are conscious that, like your first disciples, you are always coming to us, and how often do we fail to discern what you are saying? We too often have missed your clear words of warning and guidance, and we confess, O oh God, that like Peter of old, we also have, from time to time, denied you in our 
hour of trial. So forgive us, O God. Forgive us. Make this hour and this week, and yes, even the rest of our lives, the time to hear your words and to know the true meaning of your life and death and resurrection. And then make us faithful witnesses to your glory and kingdom, we pray. Amen.
seated. Boys and girls, we want you to come on down here. And while you're coming, we tell everybody, now our folks who do all our technical things with our words on the screen and all these folks are gone today. So you'll have uh, watch him looks. But now we're, there were some things in works in that area, which are going to have the projector somewhere else and some cooler things as we go, sort of get more modern in that area. But boys and girls, Brother Herb is here. We hope you'll hear what he has to say. Hi, how are you all? I'm going to try not to hurt myself. I've got something dangerous here. Anybody know what this is? A mousetrap. You all have had experience with these things, too. Anybody ever hurt your finger in one? I have, and it hurts. And i got a big finger, and it really hurts. Uh, another question for you. Have your parents ever told you not to do something? Have you ever gone on and done it anyway? My parents told me not to do things lots of times. And I went on and did them lots of times. And so I got whipped a lot. My parents believed in spoil the what's spare the rod, spoil the child, so I cannot be a spoil. I was the number five child too, so at any rate. Now what do you put in a mouse trap? Cheese. Actually, peanut butter is better, but cheese. This is the tricky part. Ah, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> okay. And why do you put cheese in the mousetrap? Because the mouse likes it. And the mouse wants the cheese. And the mouse gets the cheese. And when the mouse gets the cheese, something bad happens to the mouse. It's bad stuff. I mean, really bad. Well, it's bad for the mouse. It's good for the people who set the trap. You know, life is like that. The reason your parents tell you not to do things is because you see the cheese. It's, like it's now on the floor. You see the cheese, but most of the time your parents, through experience, have seen the cheese. Not only the cheese, but they see the trap. And they know that if you go for the cheese, you're going to get hurt. By the trap. So lots of times we think our parents are telling us not to do things because they're mean or they're hateful or they don't like us or they don't love us. You know, I used to tell my parents, you don't love me anymore. You won't let me do this. Or, or well, Ben Smith's parents will let him do this. And my parents would say, well, Ben Smith's not my child. You are, so you're not going to do it. I said, well, you just don't mean, you don't like me anymore. You're mean and hateful. And they say, no, we love you so much, we don't want you to do this because we know from experience you'll probably get hurt. Uh, we do stuff that we should do, and lots of times we don't do stuff that we ought to do. Like lots of times we won't go to church. I'm not feeling good today. I won't go to church. Or I'm too tired. Or... Gosh, I've got so little money, I don't want to put one-tenth of my allowance into the offering plate. God asks us. God's just like our parents. He asks us to do things that are good for us. And lots of times he says, don't go for the cheese because there's a trap that will get you. Listen to me. Stay away from the cheese and do what I ask you to do because I love you and I want what's best for you. So next time when you want to do something and your parents tell you not to do it, remember the mousetrap. Okay? Wait a minute. I don't want to do this twice in one day. Okay. Now that I got some non-cheese stuff that's pretty good, so y'all come here and I'll give you some non-cheese. And thank you. All right. Come here. 
Okay? It's all right. There's no trap associated with this, honestly. Okay. Okay? You can have to, sir. Parents, if you're visiting with us, we do have Children's Church that begins during our offering area. Uh, that is for second graders and below. We have plenty of helpers that will be with us today. So any ch- children that are smaller children that are second grade and below, you're welcome to go back there. And most town parents are welcome for them to go back there, too. Gets a chance to you to be able to do that. So you all remember that. somebody put in our box quite some time ago, but it's one they said was something they wanted us to hear. And when we have a favorite hymn, we do that. And uh, whatever the theme of our day or whatever's going on that, we will do that. And they also had a stipulation, and sometimes people do that. And they said they want to sing this without any piano or organ. 
So what we're going to do, if you look at hymn number five, we're going to sing the first two verses, all people that on earth do dwell. And we'll use the piano and the organ. Then when we get to that fifth verse, which is the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. We all do that just with our voices. As we do on the favorite hymn, we let you remain seated. And I do that sort of casually in that way. that you know we'll probably do them both a couple of times. First, dare to run, and then God will make a way. Let's stand together as we do that.
Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for bringing us all here today. Thank you for giving us a place that we can come, congregate, and worship your glorious name. God, please be with us this week as we go and be disciples of your name. Please bless these tithes and offerings in your name. Amen. Restless days stand in a crowded haze before my weary eyes. As I pray, your kingdom come like a thief in the night. You know this world can be Don't bow to its wings, but one day you'll take me far from here, where the sun never tears. 
Beyond my eyes, beyond the skies, when tears turn to hope and hope's the way of life, beyond my fears, beyond here, beyond the realm of time and space. I'll see Jesus face to face beyond, beyond. I know some souls have made it there. Oh, I miss them so. They traded in their earthly cares to kneel before your throne. But if I could see them now, I know that cheer me on down this narrow road. I'm traveling on that leads me home, that leads me home, beyond my eyes, beyond the skies, where tears turn to hope, and hope's the way of life, beyond my fears, beyond I'll see Jesus face to face beyond, beyond, beyond my eyes, beyond the skies, where tears turn to hope, and hope's the way of life, beyond my fears, beyond here. I'll see Jesus face to face beyond, scripture reading for today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside everything that hinders and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God. It was baseball season in a small Pennsylvania town, and if you know anything about Little League baseball, you know that it is also a time when little boys' hearts and egos are on the line. A certain ten-year-old boy had ridden the bench much of the season, most of the season, and in the championship game, the coach finally called him up to bat. Well, the little boy's whole extended family had turned out for that special occasion. His parents, his siblings, his aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, second cousins, they were all there cheering and clapping and shouting words of encouragement. 
So the little boy swallowed his anxiety and stepped up to the plate. He gripped the bat and stared hard at the pitcher. Whoosh! The pitch flew by him. Strike one. From the stands, his family cheered him on. You can do it! You can do it! So he lifted his bat again and waited for the pitch. And again, he swung and connected with thin air. Strike two. His shoulders started to slump and his hands began to sweat as he stared down the pitcher one last time. Whoosh! Strike three. The side is retired. The game is over. The other team jumped and shouted for joy while the little boy's teammates gave him the silent treatment as they left the field. Our little batter slumped over on the dugout bench, put his head in his hands, and he began to cry. But his crying was interrupted by the sound of his father's voice. Son, he said, the game's not over yet. And lifting his head, the little boy looked out upon the field and he saw his family, all of them, even his frail old grandmother spread out there on the field waiting to play. They began cheering loudly as the boy picked up his bat. His father pitched the ball and the boy swung. Crack! The the ball flew into the outfield and the boy took off to first base. As he rounded the bases, cousins and uncles and aunts shouted words of encouragement. And somehow, all those able-bodied adults were not able to corral that ball that that boy had hit. And as the boy headed for home base, his father stood behind the plate waiting with open arms. And then they celebrated his home run by lifting him onto, his, onto their shoulders and carrying him around the field. What a magnificent reminder of today's scripture. Today's message is a continuation from last week's sermon. Do you remember last week's sermon? Should I give a pop quiz on this? Maybe not. I think it may be an embarrassment for both of us. But if you remember, the sermon was about faith and it was based on Hebrews chapter 11. This may be sparking a little remembrance in your part. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. And then as chapter 11 unfolded, the writer gave us many dynamic examples of Old Testament men and women who did great works for God by faith. And then we begin chapter 12 today with these words that give us our text for today. Therefore. And folks, whenever you see the words therefore in the scriptures, you need to ask yourself, what is it therefore? It always refers to something that has come before it. And in this case, it refers back to the examples of faithfulness that we find in chapter 11. Therefore, since we have all these examples of faith, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside everything that hinders us. Let us lay aside the sin that sins that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It is a vivid picture. In the grandstand of our lives, there are cheerleaders. Noah, 
Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Rahab, and the other Old Testament heroes mentioned in chapter 11, as well as Peter and Paul and the other leaders from the the New Testament church. And we might add that there are loved ones and family members and, and friends who have gone on before us. And the point is that we are not alone in our journey of faith. No matter how discouraging the events of our lives may be, we can make it through with the encouragement of those who have gone on before us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside everything that hinders. Let us lay aside the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race of life that is set before us. Folks, this is not a text for the cynic. This is a text for the believer. It's very much like that text that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those words are are very precious to a believer in Jesus Christ, but to the world, they don't mean anything at all because the world simply does not understand. There's a... There was a special segment on National Public Radio a while back. It was a collection of sound effects gathered by Abinadi Mesa. Abinadi is an artist from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it, it seems that he was in a pub in Dublin, Ireland, when a, a man at the bar contended that Ireland was the home of the world's loudest bat. The world's loudest bat, you know. How people will brag about sometimes the oddest things. But he was bragging that Ireland was the home of the world's loudest bat. Well, that's quite a boast. And Mesa was fascinated by this. He was taken with this. The world's loudest bat. But here's the problem. Because you see, according to this Irish barmate, the bat screeches at a pitch which, is, which the, the human ear cannot detect. Dogs can hear it. Sometimes other animals can hear it. And special scientific equipment can measure it. But there's a range of sound that human ears cannot hear. And this bat apparently screeches within, within that band of, of, uh, of uh, uh, that range of, of hearing that, that pitch. In fact, the man contended that if human beings could hear this bat screech, It would be kind of like having a jumbo jet taking off right next to your ears. Well, the man's testimony was enough to send Meza out with some uh, scientific equipment, electronic gear to try to capture the sound of this bat. And he was not successful in doing so. However, he did, using this equipment, he was able to record all kinds of other annoying sounds around Dublin, usually filtered out by our limited range of hearing. And he played a collection of these sounds on a program called All Things Considered on NPR. This variety of high-pitched whines and screeches undoubtedly caused many listeners of NPR to be grateful that we are not able to hear a lot of the things that our dogs can hear. And here's the point. Just because we cannot hear a sound does not mean that it does not exist. In fact, the fact that we cannot hear it says more about our limitations than it does about the sound. And that's the way it is with things of the spirit as well. There are spiritual realities that are perceived only by those who are in tune with the spirit of God. And one of those realities is that great cloud of witnesses surrounding us and providing us with encouragement and with strength to keep on when life is tough. Many of you may remember the name Benjamin Weir. Benjamin Weir was a missionary in Beirut, Lebanon, when he was kidnapped by the Islamic Jihad held hostage for 16 months. 
During that time, he was locked in a barren room and unable to see any other human being. His hands were shackled most of the time. Most of the time he was blindfolded. And even when the blindfold was removed, he had no view from his tiny little cell. But this is what this did not defeat him. There was an electric light cord that dangled from the ceiling and and the socket had been stripped off of the cord, leaving three fragile filament wires exposed. And for Weir, these wires became a symbol of hope for him because they reminded him of the life giving fingers of God reaching down to Adam in the painting on the Sistine Chapel. Here God was reaching towards me, he says, he wrote later on. Here God is reaching towards me, reminding me, saying, you are alive, you are mine, and I have made you and called you into being for a divine purpose. He could also see the horizontal slats of shutters outside the the French doors. There were 120 of them. He counted them many times. So what could these horizontal pieces of wood stand for? Well, he decided that these would represent the great cloud of witnesses that we're talking about today. Champions of our faith, past and present, who through times of trial have observed the faithfulness of God. And then finally, his eyes lighted on two white circles Up near the ceiling, one on the right-hand side and one on the left-hand side. And in reality, they were plastic covers for electrical connections. But in Weir's imagination, they were something else. To him, they looked like ears, the ears of God. The Lord hears the groaning of the saints, Benjamin remembered. And as he reminded himself of all the blessings of our faith... He was greatly encouraged and spiritually strengthened. And by the end of the day, he said he was humming to himself, count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Now, all that the guards outside of Weir's door could see was a naked wire and slats on French door and and a couple of plastic covers. But this Presbyterian missionary could see much more than that. He could see the hand of God at work in his life. He could see the cloud of witnesses giving him encouragement. And he could see the ears of God hearing his prayers and his petitions, even in these dismal circumstances. And so Benjamin Weir came out of, out of his hostage experience stronger than he was when he went in. And that, my friends, is faith. That is faith. Here briefly is what that kind of faith can do for us. First of all, faith can help us to be all that we can be. I know this is not an advertisement for the army. Sorry, Eddie, but faith can do that. It can help us to be all that we can be. Sometime back in the magazine Runner's World mentioned a unique phenomenon which they called the the Bislett effect. The Bislett effect. And the Bislett effect is named for Bislett Stadium in Oslo, Norway. More than 50 track and field records have been set and broken over the years at Bislett Stadium. No other stadium come, has come close to this level of record setting. And it's not because of the frigid weather in Norway. Runners don't run faster just to stay warm, though that might make sense to some of us. Uh, And it's not the altitude and the wind resistance is, is, is not that much different there than any other place. So what's the secret? The secret is in the track itself. It's a narrow track, six lanes wide. And the stands that surround the track are very steep. Runs up very steep, and and because of that, the crowd is closer to the runners. And according to Runner's World, when 21,000 fans all scream, Go, 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 in this kind of a close-up and personal setting, you run faster. 
The crowd forces you to keep your rhythm and to push harder for one more stretch and one more turn. It's like being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And that's what faith does for us as well. It helps us to be all that we can be. It also helps us to endure what we think we cannot endure. Pastor Douglas Meyer tells about the oldest charter member of his congregation. This devout man was dying from a kidney disorder. And yet when Pastor Meyer talked with him, he was not sad or depressed in the very least because he had lived his whole life in the promise of his baptism and in the power of God's grace. As he tells it, there have been a lot of hills in his life and God has always given him the strength to to climb each hill. Some of the hills were bigger than others, but none was impossible to climb until lately. He had lost his leg to an infection. The hills have seemed to have gotten a lot bigger. And then he finally realized that he could no longer make the climb by himself. As he said, it's time to let the man upstairs to give me a lift. And so I have decided to let God take me up the final hill. My friends, all of us will come to those crucial member uh, moments in our lives when we are asked to endure something that seems beyond our ability to endure. And it is beyond our ability to endure if we try to do it alone. But here's the good news for us today, my friends. We're not alone. There is a friend who is greater than any other. And there is a cloud of witnesses cheering us on and we can make it, whether there's a a crisis with our health or a crisis within our family or a failure on the job or whatever it might be. This is the gospel. We can go on. And we follow in a long line of people who have persevered and have been victorious. And that gives us courage. To persevere towards our own victory. So let's listen again to these encouraging words of the scripture. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside everything that hinders and the sin that that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Back in 1953, the first people to climb Mount Everest was Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay, a Sherpa guide. Forty-six years later, Norgay's son, Jambling, Norgay climbed Mount Everest and he wrote a book about it called Touching My Father's Spirit. In it, he said, I never felt so strong in my life, describing his condition as he inched closer to the top. It was as if my father's spirit was with me. In his book, Jambling describes what it felt like standing on the world's tallest peak. He said, I looked down on the ruins of the Rongbuk Monastery where my father chased yaks as a very young boy. And then I turned back and I saw him, my father. He was right there behind me, off to the side where a patch of rocks meet the snow. And his face was shining, beaming. My friends, Norgay, I mean, Jambling Norgay had a witness to his climb to the top of Mount Everest. For you see, his father had gone before him. And the spirit of his father was giving him courage even now. And that's the way it is with us as well. Faith helps us to be all that we can be. And faith helps us to endure all that we must endure. And faith also reminds us That we do not live our lives alone. For there is one who is always with us. And there's a cloud of witnesses who have climbed the mountain of life before us. And inspires us to keep on when life is hard. So take heart, my friends. We will make it. 
we will be victorious. For this is the promise of God. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response. It's number 407, Because He Lives. A wonderful, wonderful song that expresses our desire to live for Christ and, and what His life and His resurrection means for us in our lives. Because we live, we can face tomorrow. Because we have Christ in our lives and this great cloud of witnesses giving us strength and encouragement, we can face anything the world might throw at us. Because in God there is strength. There may be someone here today who feels weak, who does not recognize this strength, and you need it desperately in your life. We invite you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ this morning and to accept the strength that he has to offer to you. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come to our church and know we are not all the strongest people in the world. We all struggle together with this issue of strength. But together we encourage one another like a great cloud of witnesses. And we help each other make it through. So we invite you to unite with our church, or if God is dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing together, because he lives. Would you come? As we go from this place, may we go in the strength of Jesus Christ with our eyes fixed upon him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. May we go in the with the encouragement of the cloud of witnesses that surround us, knowing that we are not alone in this life, that we gain strength from one another and from those who have gone on beyond uh, beyond us and before us. May we go from this place 
living our lives because Christ lives, because Christ has lived before us and set the example for us, shown us how to live, and in Him, in His Spirit, we too.